everyone and welcome to the Nerd Room. We talk all things comics and movies. This is episode 50, and in celebration of that, we are going to be discussing Star Wars. I'm your host, Tim. I'm Troy. That's right. This is our 50th episode of the Nerd Room. Pretty unbelievable. It's huge, right? Yeah, we're closing in on the 52nd episode, which yeah. will be our one-year anniversary. But we're getting the celebration started a little early, and we figured... Why not celebrate our 50th episode by talking about something that we absolutely love? We've got Rogue One on the horizon. We've got all these action figures dropping. Yeah. Lots to discuss when it comes to episode 8. So we thought we'd wrap that all up into a nice celebratory episode here. Yeah, think of it as an annual, you could almost yes. say, right? Yeah, awesome. <laughs> and as a special surprise to myself for the 50th episode, I decided I'm going to break my one rule when it comes to film watching. I'm going to watch... The final Rogue One trailer live here on the podcast, and we're going to do a reaction discussion right after watching it. So, I'm super excited about this. I've been anticipating this for about a week when Troy and I talked about this last week. What we're maybe going to do for something a little different. Mm -hmm. There's been a lot of Rogue One trailers dropping. We haven't really discussed any of them for quite some time. Mm And we thought it'd be kind of fun just to do that. So I'm really excited here. I'm worried that I'm going to spoil myself a bit here. But at the same time, I think that the reward here is going to outweigh what I'm going to spoil myself here on. This is huge, especially because you're in like that, that Rogue One catalyst mode right now. Yeah. You're off the book. you got the trailer coming out. you got your tickets. Rogue One's just around the corner, man. This oh, is great. It is. Yeah. So I spent the better part of the last day and a half puking my brains out here so i'm a little jittery on the mic and it's, it's gonna really bother me i got a real big sweat on right now and it's been an odd few days we kind of came really close to having to cancel the recording but it is our 50th episode yeah. i decided to push through here so we're gonna jump into our normal nerd news segment here before we get into all of our discussion of star wars awesome doctor strange it continues to dominate the box office here domestically as well as internationally this has now become the largest single mcu solo outing globally with doctor strange overtaking iron man whoa that's huge yeah over 600 million dollars globally doctor strange has done the power of the mouse yes it is insane now Mm -hmm. this this character is doing now that has not yet topped the guardians of the galaxy's 775 million ish dollars right so that is the kind of the the new entry largest haul globally Mm -hmm. dr strange as a single solo figure is the largest grossing in the mcu right now that's incredible it'll be interesting his uh comic sales yeah it will be how how that's grown i'm sure it must have oh definitely and i think going forward here too that we're going to see a lot more dr strange we know he's coming down in thor 3 Mm -hmm. it's going to be an infinity war i would not be surprised if he's one of the first ones out of the gate to get a movie in phase four as well for sure Right. Yeah, because this character, he's popped off big, he's done big money in China, has yet to open in Japan yet, so this movie is going to push close to Suicide Squad, close to Batman vs. Superman. It probably won't overtake or actually match Batman vs. Superman, but it's hmm. going to be remarkably close for a movie about a C-list character going up against a Batman and Superman, right? That's it right. shouldn't be that close. It's, yeah, especially now, I think he's going to become like a household name. And maybe, yeah. maybe just like the Avengers, how we saw the Avengers assemble and they, they put these little inklings and Easter eggs towards building the, assemb- um, building the Avengers, could we see that happen now with um, the Illuminati? Could we see them sprinkle that in with a character like Doctor Strange or Robert Downey Jr.? As he's getting older too, he would fit that role even better. Yes. Could it happen? That is 
unreal thinking. I yeah. absolutely love that. Mm-hmm. That just that that just gets me more excited for this universe because something yeah. like that that's that's a way you could see and tie the universe together again because you've had the Infinity Stone arc tying all this together. You're building the foundation of the universe, but yeah. to do something like that an right. Illuminati type thing, yeah, wow, that'd be huge. Yeah. That's one of the comic books I have said in the past that I'd love to see adapted into a film, at least the concept of yes. It. And to do, oh, yeah, yeah, man, I love that. <laughs> hope I love that. so, hope no, so. Someone hire this man. Yeah, hey, Kevin Feige, if you're listening out there. <laughs> um, yeah, so this movie, I'm really looking forward to getting it on Blu-ray and getting a second viewing in here. I have not made it back to the theater yet, but yeah. it is something that I'll definitely be grabbing once it comes out, and I can't wait to watch it again. Yeah, completely agree. This 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 movie has been marinating more and more after I've watched it. I just, I really like what they've done here, so uh, I can't wait to see more with the Sorcerer Supreme. Yeah, yeah. and hopefully continuing into Thor 3, they can take this momentum from Doctor Strange, put him into Thor in a big way and have him be a really impactful, even if it's just a glorified cameo. It's going to be great to see him again so soon. Something that we're not really used to with the new introduction of comic book characters in these solo films, right? Yeah. So it's really nice to know that we're going to see Doctor Strange very soon, just Mm -hmm. into next year. Yeah. Awesome. Right now, as we record here, CW is undertaking a large four-episode crossover event between Arrow, Flash, Supergirl, and Legends of Tomorrow. And myself, not a a watcher of any of those shows. <laughs> I've tried them all, couldn't get into yeah. them. A lot of time commitment there for four shows, Fair too. enough, yeah. But this huge crossover event they're doing, I'm really intrigued by it. I watched the trailer. It was the Aliens versus Heroes or Heroes versus Aliens trailer. Yeah. And it seemed really interesting what they're doing here. And I got really excited for... Me, me personally, Marvel yeah. to do something like this down yeah. the line. But this is really cool where they've built this universe here. And I know you've said that you've had some issues with Arrow in the past, mm-hmm. but you're still keeping up with Flash, right? Yeah, for the most part, I keep up with Flash. Uh, I did check out this season two CW uh, Supergirl. Yeah. And I'm really liking what they're doing with Supergirl. Um, Flash has actually kind of been a letdown, though, this uh, this season. Just going off with this uh, this Flashpoint universe that they mm-hmm. teased us with so much throughout the summer, and it didn't really pay off the way I expected it to. So I'm I'm down about an episode or two with Flash. I got to catch up, but yeah, like you mentioned before, I've given up on Arrow. So this is really cool, though. This is kind of like um, you know CW's Defenders, at yeah, least it seems definitely. right. They, they've been um, Marvel to the punch. Yeah. So I can't wait to see this huge crossover event, and I really want to see how they tie in Supergirl into this universe. Because yeah. as far as where I am right now, they haven't really crossed her over into that Arrow and Flash universe, even though it is under the same network. So that didn't happen at the end of the Flashpoint thing? Is that something exactly. going on in Flash? Yeah, see, the Flashpoint thing was squashed in one episode. One episode? Yeah, one episode is squashed, and then when he went back to his timeline, kind of had the, the butterfly effect where things are a little different, but we, I want to call it the Flashpoint universe. Oh, so it's, uh, it's a little weird, but I thought they would have brought her into that universe off of that. That makes the most sense. Right. I for sure would have thought that. And yeah. I would have thought they would have, you know, at least extended that out to the winter finale or something like that. Exactly. Like pulling a whole universe through here like that's a really cool concept yeah. doing it in one episode I especially know. as they built this they teased it before <laughs> yeah. the season started and they teased it you know through it i think i watched the first couple episodes and they had teased ideas of that with the yeah. newspaper and all that yes exactly and so it's weird that they didn't just kind of it's, pull that through more, I thought that's what all this was going to be this aliens versus heroes this invasion type angle that yeah that's what i'm wondering because i know i i haven't been watching uh, legends of tomorrow at all so i don't know if it has a lot to do with that universe going on um, i have heard good things about era though i heard it's been building up and i heard it's kind of coming back to the season two kind yeah. of feel so uh, at the end of the day i'll go and check all these things out but um i am a little bit let down by uh 
a flash. Yeah, that's a yeah. shame because coming from an outsider's perspective, mm-hmm. I was, I'm looking at this and Flash is one of their their pillars right now. Definitely, right? As, yeah. as far as TV shows go, and you'd think that the Flash story was going to roll into this invasion, being it's the most popular show, mm-hmm. and then bringing in these other characters to kind of say, "Hey, remember, guys, we also have these other characters that you yeah. can go watch on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, right. type of thing, right? Yeah. And why wouldn't they just be using the Flashpoint or the Flash universe at least to propel this story, this arc into the other TV shows? Right. So it's interesting. I, I might check out this crossword event. I've actually yeah. got them taping right now or uh, recording on the yeah. PVR because I just kind of see want to see what they do with it because I love continuity and I love that aspect of seeing crossovers and all that. I've loved that since I was a kid. Always. And it's really cool to see Arrow on Flash and vice versa and all these characters kind of crossing over. And, yeah. you know, that's what comic books are too, right? These big events yes. that we see every single year, two, three times a year. That's what we love. And some people are getting tired of them. But me personally, I love a good love crossover it. event. Oh, Even yeah. if it comes out slow like Civil War 2 yeah. or anything like that. I still love this idea of individual characters coming from their own comic books mm-hmm. crossing over for a larger storyline. Yes, I've always been a big fan. Especially in this trailer, they nailed it. When you kind of got like that splash page, splash page at the end where they all kind of joined forces with Supergirl flying down. And you have Flash and Arrow and yeah. Legends of Tomorrow characters all there on that uh, that panel, that page. I, I thought that was so cool and so comic book like it was yeah and it's really cool you know to see supergirl like not superman i mean obviously superman doesn't have a show yet but it's really cool how supergirl's kind of taking that that mantle yeah at least what i've seen so far well she yeah. seems to be almost the leader of this you know flash and arrow do yeah. that they kind of almost sharing it that mm-hmm. trinity if you will, yes kind yeah of, exactly kind of almost paralleling the the wonder woman batman superman type that's thing. right yeah. And I really like how they've done that as well. And But she seems to be one of the focal points of mm-hmm. this. And I'm curious as how they're actually going to bring her across here. I, yeah. This has to be one when they're going to do it, I would assume, right? Uh, yeah, they have to, right? Yeah. yeah. So Pretty cool. So check that out that's happening this week. And maybe we'll talk a bit about it, kind of the roll-up here, maybe next week if we do have a chance to watch some of those episodes. Absolutely, yeah. Speaking of trailers and the CW, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how many of you guys are Archie fans, Archie <laughs> comic fans. So as a kid, I read a lot of Archie. Oh, nice. They were always there at my family cottage, and it yeah. was kind of something... We didn't have TV there, really. Yeah. I, that was kind of the first place I ever watched the Batman TV show, but oh, yeah. it was something that we only got to watch once in a while, kind of just after dinner or whatever, when everyone's kind of calming down. Yeah. But Archie was something that was... They're always stacked up behind our beds, and it was something cool, and I always felt like, oh, I get to be one of the big kids. I get nice. to read Archie. Nice. And so I have some of the, this affinity for some of these characters, some attachment to them, and how they're portrayed in the comic books. You know, I'm, I'm seeing this through my child's eye, yeah. but... At the same time, I feel like I have this connection with these characters. And sure. even though I have not read them in over a decade. Right. Uh, but you see the, the comic books still on the shelves. And you're like, oh, hey, you know, Archie yeah. Digest or whatever. Yeah, even just, a Safeway, right? Yeah. I'll, I'll see them hanging around. Yeah. And CW has taken this concept of Archie and they're spinning it into a CW TV show. Yeah. And this past week, the trailer dropped. <laughs> and it is something else like there was a parody a, a year or two ago that some fans did of a really seriously toned archie and we watched that before we recorded the podcast and it's really well done go and check it out just type in riverdale parody yeah. not riverdale the cw tv show and it's it's interesting you know it has um you know, Jughead is struggling with his sexuality yeah. and there's, you know, Moose is popping pills and Archie's all over the place, pregnancy, all this kind of stuff. And it was meant to be a funny take, not so much a funny take, but a serious take on what a Riverdale or an Archie movie could have been right. if they kind of had gone this way. And CW has seemingly taken this concept and just rolled with it. Yes. <laughs> Making it like a Dawson's Creek. Yeah. 
you I know, got a really Twilight yeah. vibe. Yeah, yeah. Just you know, this all the guys running around with no shirts yeah. on, the girls, and they kind of promoted as the 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 network that brought you Vampire Diaries and Gossip Girl. Yeah, One Tree Hill almost. Yeah. yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see what they do. The purists of the Archie world, those that still read, are going to absolutely hate this. Oh, I bet would be my opinion. Here. Yeah, that's no. Going back to uh, to the comic books, I'm not too familiar. I do remember the cartoon show way back when I was a kid. Did Archie comics start off as him being a kid or a high school? I think he was always in high school. He was always high school, so there's yeah. like a spinoff when he's a little kid, because I did see some things when he's like Oh, a there's, kid. there's always like, there's like little Archie and stuff yeah, like that, yeah. Yeah, so that's just a spinoff, that's yeah, its own I kind of so. thing. Yeah, so. it's kind of like The Simpsons, where they never really aged out, right. of, out okay. of high school. Yes. So, I, I don't know what they're yeah. going to do here. Like, it, I'm going to be honest with you, yeah. just because of this trailer, and I'm going to watch the first episode. For sure, for sure. And I'm, I'm curious if my wife will get into it or yeah. not, because she's a big fan of Gossip Girl and all this kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. So I'm going to give it a shot here. I'm sure I'm going to hate it. <laughs> it's so funny because going back episodes ago, way back, Sanjay and I were talking about what we'd like to have come come to life with these kind of comic books things. And I think I brought up Archie. So it's kind of funny now to see that this trailer's come out. And check it out. Uh, one of the episodes a while back, I did mention an Archie TV yeah. series, which is weird. But um, I wish it kind of went uh, like a 21 Jump Street yes. route where they don't take itself so seriously. No. And just, like... just have fun with the, with the source material. You know? And I think that's what they should have done. Yeah. Like that, that's the way to go with this, is mm-hmm. just be a little lighter. Like, even the color filters that they use in the cameras yeah. are all dark. Like, that's why I said it looks like Twilight. Right. These mopey, emo-type characters, and yeah. everyone's going to be upset or depressed yeah. and all this type of thing. And they're definitely going to go down the path of pregnancy, drugs, For school sure. shootings, yeah. all this type of Belly thing. Belly Hills 90210-style, Exactly, right? yeah. exactly. And so... I don't really know if they're going to even respect the source material with the exception of using the name Riverdale and the character names, like yeah. Reggie and all that. Mm-hmm. Jughead. They never. I didn't really see a Jughead in there, so I'm curious no. if they can go down right. what path they're going to go with him. Maybe, maybe he becomes Jughead at the end of the season. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so I'm kind of intrigued, but I'm also kind of like, oh, come on, guys. this is, You could have done better here, but yeah. CW, that's kind of what they do with mm-hmm. these shows, and so we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, I'll check it out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So last bit of news here, Ivan Reitman, the original director of the Ghostbusters, has been talking a little bit about the Ghostbusters universe. So a movie that wasn't particularly well received. And I personally, I just had a chance to watch this, and I cannot remember if I've talked about this yet on the podcast, but I'm going to say again if I have, yeah. that I didn't actually mind. It took me two viewings to get that. <laughs> to I did doze off. Yeah. I thought the ending was a bit ridiculous. Yes. Now that we're talking about this, I feel like we have talked about this. Yeah, we did. we did. We did mention the, the third act there. Yeah. Yeah. So, but apparently they're they're kind of jumping a little headfirst into this universe and going to continue to pump out Ghostbuster movies. Mm-hmm. Thoughts on continuous universe and can they, you know, write the path that they kind of went down with this. Are they going to keep the original cast that they have with the women and all that? Because I really like the cast. Yeah, the cast actually surprised me. They're they're actually pretty good. The one character I forgot the actress's name. She's from uh, SNL. I thought she's hilarious. Yes, she's great. She I can't great. remember her name. Either. Yeah, the blonde one. Um, but she was she was awesome. Um, but to go further with this, I just. I don't see what the point is. No. You know, I, I don't see what the point is. Um, you, you could go forward if you want and, you know, do a, a Ghostbusters Academy or something and start training these other yeah. young and up-and-coming Ghostbusters if you want. But they, yeah, I've said this before, but they really should not disconnect themselves from the original. They should yeah. just continue the whole um, original continuity and kept going from there. Definitely. So I think they kind of put their foot in the mouth from that point, so... Yeah, they have to yeah. do something dramatically different. Mm-hmm. Um, what that means, I don't know in this universe. Yeah, if you want to keep those characters, you'd have to mm-hmm. you'd have to switch it up a little bit, right? Yeah, because yeah. we've gone down the path of three movies where you do have 
ghosts invading New York or whatever, right? Yeah. So I don't know how you do something different or how you change that whole genre of kind of ghost chasing film or something like that. Yeah. It, I don't know because you have to keep it in that comedy realm, but at the same time you have to do something different. So it's going to be difficult for them to come up with a script that is mm. actually going to you know, give them a movie that people are going to want to see. Because you, you do something very similar, people, it's just the same movie. It's exactly. Ninja Turtles. That, it's all that. Yeah, thing, right? and, and you know, even part two originally got that kind of backlash because yeah. they essentially did the same thing that part one did. Yeah. Right? So I don't know. I think you'd have to do like some kind of spin-off even. Yeah. Just go somewhere else with it, keeping it in that universe, but go somewhere else. Yeah, well, I like yeah. the idea of uh, like a Ghostbusters Academy. Yeah. The younger oh, yeah. kids doing kind of ghost busting and all right. that right yeah so it's it's a property that i really enjoy and i have enjoyed since i was a kid i had all the action figures all oh, the action so. figures are great the vehicle oh, yes i oh, did yeah man. oh like my dad he always tells this story of, yeah. i was a kid and the door used to always pop off and i just come up to him like, mm, mm, <laughs> with the door in one hand and the car in the other he said he put that door back on like four or five hundred times <laughs> he says i'm gonna get your daughter something like that just so you have to do that for the rest of your life Payback. Yeah. Did you have the base set with like oh, the fire yeah. hall? You can, oh, oh yeah. awesome, right? Yeah. Except yeah. for my mom gave it to my cousin, and then I never saw it. Oh again. no, brutal! So disappointing. <laughs> like I love collecting those action figures, and like I had Slimer. I still have Slimer around here somewhere. No way. Yeah, that's oh, the only huge. thing I have. Good set though. Good choice. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, fifty episodes. Yeah, in. the big five zero. Yes, we've got another celebration coming up here in a couple of weeks. That's fifty-two episodes, one year. And we're going to be announcing a few things on that podcast, yeah. a few changes and things that we're looking forward to in 2017. One includes, I'm going to say it right here because we may have it next week, yeah. an upgrade to our equipment. Boom. We are moving to a mixer, individual microphone type recording. We've mm-hmm. For the last 50 episodes, maybe 51 episodes, we've had a single mic and the two or three of us have spoken at it. And it's it's okay. The yeah. sound quality is okay and we like it. But we figure we're going to get more relaxed feel and a little bit better sound quality for you guys. So we've ordered all this gear. Cyber Monday came through for us. Big savings and all that type of thing. So that's in the mail coming for us. And we're really looking forward to kind of stepping up our game here for podcasting when it comes to the audio. Yeah, we're doing it for you guys. <laughs> a little bit ourselves, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> for that 50-second episode, we're going to be announcing a few different things, so make sure you tune into that. But for this episode, we're going to be talking a little more Star Wars here. We're coming back to the universe that we absolutely love, an universe that we've been collecting a lot of action figures from lately. Yeah. The distribution for Rogue One has been much better than it was for The Force Awakens. Definitely. So, when we came out of Force Friday, Rogue Friday, whatever it's ever called, yeah. if you remember back, I can't remember what episode it was, a few episodes back, we discussed our disappointment with the day itself, or the evening itself, missing out on the experience, but mm-hmm. the day after, we were able to get, or actually our wives were able yeah. to actually get their hands on that first run, that first series of Rogue One Black Series mm-hmm. figures. And the second wave had dropped, and we thought, oh, you know, it's going to be really hard to get, we aren't seeing it around, and then Troy texted me one day, yeah. Got Krennic, yeah. got C-3PO, right? and then a couple of days later, I was able to find the EB Games exclusive C-3PO yeah. with the silver leg, no red arm, mm-hmm. and then I was able to find Krennic and the Scarif Trooper as well, so we've Just been chilling. having lots yeah. of luck here, and I hope you guys are having the same amount of luck, but 
we just want to quickly talk about some of these action figures here. And, you know, going into the C-3PO. So you've got the C-3PO from Force Awakens Red Arm. Yes. I've got the Silver Leg from A New Hope. Mm-hmm. And one thing, I even pulled the trigger on the Red Arm C-3PO because it's literally the exact same figure. Yeah, exact same thing, just an arm swap. And yeah. in my case, it's just a leg swap, right? Yeah. So, yeah, we, we were talking before how we don't really like it when they do that with the figures. It's a little bit of a, a rip-off. We even mentioned before, you know, it'd be kind of nice if they gave you interchangeable arms or limbs yeah. just so you can have the best of both worlds right yeah especially this early in the wave that we're already getting kind of repeat figures almost yeah and i get that it's an exclusive it's not part of the main wave it's something that's sitting at eb games and we don't have to buy it or anything like that but i I really do agree that swap it arm swap it leg would have been great for c3po right and that's even the same thing we're seeing with so there's the scarif trooper the commander here that we're seeing from that i picked up at toys r us but Walmart in the States also has just a normal Scarif Trooper without kind of the coloring on him. Oh, So again, it's a repack and it's a repaint of a similar figure, just more of an exclusive to Walmart. Right. And then the exclusive Hover Tank driver from Toys R Us, which has been dropping all over the place. Awesome looking figure. I'm a big fan of these armored figures. Like I absolutely love them. But again, with this, all they've done is a head swap in the Scarif Trooper. Yeah. Yeah. But that's okay. You know, I do love... The armored figures, like they, they're, I'm always going to collect them above and over even the main kind of humanoid-looking action figures. Mm-hmm. Aliens and, and armored figures are my game. Like Darth Vader, yes. droids, all these types. The of Kylo figures. Ren mask, yes. right? They, oh, they're great, so especially great. in the Elite series, right? They come out spot on. You had some luck with the Elite series this past, uh, yeah. Um, What's it called? Black, Black Friday. Friday, yeah, yeah, yeah. Black Friday, I picked up uh, Darth Vader Elite series for sixteen bucks. This wow, is, this, that's a steal. I paid like yeah. thirty four for it, right? Yeah, because it came out as an exclusive, so you paid a premium on it the oh, same way you do no. some of the other exclusives, yeah. like the R two D two and C three P on the Elite series were mm-hmm. premium figures, so you do pay a little more. Mm-hmm. That's the same with the hover tank driver from Toys R Us. It was like a thirty four dollar figure. Holy smokes. <laughs> Yeah, that's something else, you know. It's uh, yeah, that's something with the, with the Darth Vader Elite series. He turned out pretty nice again with the Elite series. If you're not too familiar with these, they're they're a bit bigger. They're about what seven seven inch? inches, yeah, seven heavier. inches, yeah. So they're equivalent to like the Marvel Selects. But the thing is, like you mentioned, Tim, you got to stick with the helmets, the the, the masked figures, because yeah. once you get to the humanoid looking figures, they don't do the greatest paint work towards the faces. The Black Series has been doing a little bit more of a better job when it comes to the faces. Like looking at Credit here, the Black Series number twenty seven. This guy came out right out of the movie. Oh, yeah. Perfect. He is unreal. Yeah, good. yeah, he's, he's he's just great. From the white tunic, everything's just spot on. Yeah, the cape and all that. I absolutely love this figure. And yeah. He, I believe, is coming out in the Elite Series. Disney did release Ooh. their next line of Elite Series figures. And I believe Krennic, I think. I might be misspeaking there. But I believe he is part of the next wave. And there's a couple other figures that are coming out. Do we have Donnie Yen yet? Because I thought I saw him at the yes, Disney Yes, Donnie Yen is there. That whole crew of Rebels oh. is out. Do you have Donnie Yen yet? Or no, no, I didn't have... pick up any of the human figures. Again, coming yeah. back to this face-first helmet or mm-hmm. first armored figures, I figured what I'm going to do is... It was Force Friday, and I was already dumping a ton of money, so I just got the characters that I really liked, the yeah. C2B5, K2SO, Death Trooper, and I did pick up a Jin because I figured she's going to be a yeah, big character going for forward. For sure. And I thought to myself, if I really enjoy these characters in Rogue One, I'll pick them up one by one, nice. look for sales and that type thing. Yeah. I don't imagine these figures kind of flying off the shelves, and they haven't no. yet. You still see them, right? These, yeah. The fact that you're able to still pick up a Vader, right. you know, this deep into the line, you know, that's that's good hunting on your part. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, it makes me feel like some of these figures are going to be kicking around for quite some time. Yeah, especially with the Black Series stepping his game up so much, it's kind of yeah. kind of kicking the Elite Series a little bit. Yeah. There, right? Going off of Jin, though, 
she's probably has one of the better faces I've seen. She does. In League Series, yeah. Yeah, she does. I think Kyle's is one of the worst. Yeah, Kyle's is bad. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's tough to look at. <laughs> and being the Christmas season and all, I started picking up little tiny, I'd call them, I guess they're the ornaments, yeah. but almost like a tchotchke or whatever. I don't know if I'll put it on the tree, but... At Walmart and Toys R Us and all these places, you do get these Hallmark Rogue One, these kind of small, you know, they're, the paint apps are okay mm-hmm. and the, the sculpting's okay, but I really like them. I think they make, you know, kind of your Christmas tree a bit more Star Warsy. There's, I got, a, I picked up a, um, well, First Order Trooper as well. I got the Death Trooper here and there's nice. a few others I'm going to pick up and I asked my wife to grab me a few of these for Christmas, but I always like to have a Star Wars, at least somewhat themed Christmas tree. Oh, we kind of always you. do like the... You know, I've got the R2 lights on there and, yeah. the, and the Yoda lights on there. And it's really cool to see a lot of these characters kind of dropping in ornament form as well. That's great. Yeah, i got to get myself a Vader one or yeah. something out there. That looks good, though, the Death Trooper. Yeah, because these are just these tiny ones. I think they're yeah. about 6 bucks a piece. Nice. And you can go to Hallmark proper and get a, I would say, maybe a 4-inch Death Trooper. Wow. That's really well sculpted, really yeah. well painted. But they're again, they're about 30 bucks. Wow. So I did pick up the exclusive Kylo Ren from last year. Nice. It's something that I thought I was going to continue with. But to be honest with you, the Kylo Ren, it just sat out on a shelf for a little mm-hmm. bit. And then I've put it away after we moved. And I don't think it's something I would, especially with a little one, I'm going to yeah. put on a tree because it's got that, that lightsaber is going to pop off. Yeah. But I do like these these ornaments and I do like the collectability of them. And mm-hmm. they are usually pretty exclusive, pretty hard to get. And mm-hmm. so that always drives me towards buying something at least with Star Wars, I like the exclusivity. <laughs> I always go after the exclusive pops, and I always try to chase the exclusive Black Series and that a little harder than I usually would with some other figures. For sure. We also got in the mail the other day. I, uh, after I moved, I, <laughs> I decided that I was going to send all of my Smuggler's Bounty and Marvel Collector Corps boxes to Troy's house because yeah. I was uncertain about where we're going to live and how long we're going to live there for and all this kind of shit. But yeah. Troy, he, he's still bringing them over. Yeah, yeah, for now. <laughs> he still admits when they show up. So we're going to open up right now, live on the podcast, the Rogue One Smuggler's Bounty Box. I'm uncertain as what's going to be in here. Yep. It's a longer box than we're usually seeing. I believe there is two pops in here, but let's quickly Sweet. get into this here. So we're going to pop her open. Oh. Boom. Yeah. So we got a Cassian Andor patch. We've got a K2SO pin. Very nice. Got a lot of the patchwork that goes on with these uh, packages. These are great. Yeah. All right. So we've got Rogue One t-shirts. Sweet. Ah. Look at the colors. See, again, they're keeping up with that blue color. Yeah, the blue That's gray. That's been going the moon blue gray. Yeah. I'll be wearing that to the opening day. Nice. Whoa. Oh, yeah. This is jam-packed here. So we've got a Jin Urso number 148. With the hat on and everything, yeah. eh? Yeah. So we got almost a commando look to her. Mm-hmm. And then we've got a Death Trooper. These guys are a hit, man. The Death oh. Troopers are, are taking over. Yeah, he seems to have some sort of rifle standing straight up. Oh, it's brilliant. I love, too, the, the exclusive stickers they put on these. Nice. Big fan, big yeah. fan. Yeah. And then we've got a Vader. I'm not even sure what is this, this is. Is this a candle? A Hakari. <laughs> wow. A Hakari okay. Mini. Okay. These wow. Are I did not. I don't know where they're making minis of these. It's all red here. It's kind of got the sparkly background. Not a huge fan of the Hakaris. No. They're quite expensive, too. But uh, it is Vader. Yeah, you can't go wrong with that guy. No, pretty cool, pretty cool. Yeah, that's a good, good smuggler's bounty. Wow, they went awesome all out stuff. on this one. They really do, eh? It's, it's worth it, isn't it? It definitely is. It's yeah. You know, in Canada, it's a little more because we pay a little more for shipping and mm-hmm. with the exchange rate and all that. But for the ones that we've opened here live on the podcast and for ones that I've gotten that we haven't, I've never been disappointed. And the mm-hmm. fact, you getting a gin and a Death Trooper pot, Funko Pot, like in a store, even at the exclusives at hot topic in that you're paying between 
I would say 11 and 16 17 dollars for these the cheapest is eb games for sure for the yeah. funko pops they're about 11.99 but you can get upwards of 16.99 for some of these pops at local shops and stuff like that but it's something that's worth it the smuggler's bounty especially if you're if you're a big collector mm-hmm. like myself i kind of collect a bit of everything yeah and this is a cool way to continually getting star wars merchandise uh, you know every other month for on sure. top of what you're already getting so it's something that's and I love the t-shirts too. I, I either use them to, to sleep in yeah. or I always wear the t-shirt I get in the box for the movie premiere that's coming Nice. In. That works out. And they display pretty well, right? With everything you get in there. Yeah, yeah, they do. Like the Funko Pops in particular, like I find I keep them in box. I'm a mint in box kind of Star Wars club. Yeah. I don't pull anything out. I do pull my Marvel Legends out, but I don't yeah. pull the Star Wars figure, any figures or the Elite Series. I've contemplated the Elite Series yeah. pulling them out. Um, but even these Funko Pops, they display really well in box, mm-hmm. I think. You're also a mint box collector, eh? Yeah, for the most part. My Marvel Legends, I take them out and I paint them and all yeah. that stuff. And even the odd Star Wars ones, I'll, I'll be doing that with. But for the most part, I keep them in the box. Yeah. 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 My, my Marvel Selects, those guys are a must-have in the box for me. Yeah, and that's yeah. almost just a preference, right? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know even why I started doing that. Because mm. my initial collection of Star Wars was the power of the force. Yes, with the big and, chest. Yes, and I, <laughs> I opened all those as a kid. Yep. And then I got into episode one, and then I skipped Attack of the Clones for whatever reason. And then I got back into episode three. Nice. But I opened all of those. I don't. I didn't have any in-box. And mm. I remember the first actual mint in box i started collecting really was when we got in when i got into the black series and all that because before that i'd kind of gotten out of collecting for a little bit and the black series what really brought me back in yeah and i've been mint in box ever since and i do have a vintage collection as well that's of course not in box because i don't have that type of money But yeah, it is a personal preference, and I don't know why I went down that path. Because my and my wife, sometimes I'm like, ah, I think I might open this. She's like, no, no. <laughs> why would you do that? But again, too, you know, they display so well when when you have them in the box, right? Yeah, yeah. So we've been keeping you guys updated on our progress through Catalyst here, and we're going to be talking about that in two weeks' time on our 52nd episode, just before rogue one opens to give you guys a little bit of insight into that book if you have not read it and just help you bridge a little bit of that gap between the characters that they're describing in catalyst orson krennic yes. and galen or so yes man i have a really hard time when i say those two names out loud they yeah so familiar. saying them back to back right yeah, yeah. And one of the books that we both have read now, I just completed Lost Stars, and I think it's another great book to get into before Rogue One. Yes. It really does give you some great insight and perspective on the Empire that, for me personally, I've never read in any sort of canonical book. Mm -hmm. This book, Lost Stars, by Claudia Gray, the same writer that did Bloodlines, I would have to say it's a high recommend for me because... It's one of these books that kind of flips the script and it does something a little different is that it gives you a a story from the perspective of people that are part of the Empire, cadets that are part of that, that grow up with the understanding that the Empire is here to make the universe more prosperous, to make it safer, to make it better. And you almost see from the angle of, wow, you know, the Empire, the Emperor's here, he's the great one, he's here to save us all. Yeah, it's just an old man. Exactly, <laughs> right? And they're here to make the galaxy safer, to make it better because the Jedi were evil. And you see this propaganda 
building through this whole yeah. book. Yeah. And that's something that we're going to see reflected in Rogue One as well. Mm-hmm. So this story takes place eight years after, or at least it starts eight years after the fall of the Jedi and the rise of the Empire. Mm-hmm. It begins on Empire Day, eight years after. Right. On Jellican. Yeah. I love, absolutely love what they did there, how they tied that into bloodlines. And right, all that. yeah, with the stones, the statues. Yes. Yep. And it continues right through until the end of the Battle of Jakku spanning all of the events of the original trilogy mm-hmm. as well and talking and hitting on those events from the perspective of someone from the Empire. Yeah. That's involved with the Empire, that's part of the Imperial Academy and kind of going through the ranks there. And it's I just can't say enough good things about this book. We're not going to do a full review here or anything mm-hmm. like that, but I just want to talk a little bit about some of the highlights from that book and kind of get you guys interested in it because I think... It's one of these broad, long-spanning books, similar to what Catalyst is doing, right? It yep. starts at the, you know, the, in the Clone Wars. It's going to end basically at Rogue One, right? And this is starting, you know, not too long after Revenge of the Sith and mm-hmm. going right through past the Battle of Endor and yeah, all that. It's huge, and the characters they give you, um, Thane Kyrell Thane, and yeah. Sienna Ree, right? Oh, they're brilliant. I'd love to see them in live action. These characters, just a little get, cameo at least, yeah, right? You get really connected to these characters, and I can see where people might take issue with this book because it makes the universe feel a little bit smaller in the sense that these two main characters seem to show up and cross paths at every major event in the Star Wars universe, yeah. at least throughout the Galactic Civil War and all mm-hmm. that, right? But at the same time, I'm like, oh, it just makes me love and connect so much with these characters, the fact that they were present at the Battle of Hoth and at Endor and at Yavin and all right. this, right? Yeah, the Death Star. Yes, right? and you see the effect of the destruction of the Death Star Mm-hmm. On the Imperials, on the cadets that had friends, had family, and had people that were directly killed by that, right? They thought the rebels were terrorists. Yeah. And they had gone and done this this massive murderous event. And you see from that angle, and it com- gives you a completely different viewpoint on the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Something we're not used to, right? Because we're always seeing the protagonists, the the rebel alliance as being the good, all good in the universe. Yeah. And this is coming from that that different angle where it's no the empire is the all good and yeah. the rebels are the terrorists that are going in and you know you can you can kind of see this there are these guerrilla warriors that are going in and yeah. disrupting order and you know creating anarchy and all that and it's it's really cool to see that angle and you do get a bit of a love story in there yeah, which yeah. at times is taking me out of it but at the same time the love story between the two main characters mm-hmm. that does eventually develop I should have said spoilers before all this, but I guess you guys kind of got that by now. <laughs> um, it kind of attaches you a bit more to these characters and makes you feel like when they come back together periodically, it has that much more of an impact. Because yeah. at first I was like, ah, there's too much. There's a couple of chapters that right. are like, really, really lovey-dovey. Yeah. You've seen all this and I kind of, kind of, you know, doing the thing. Yeah. <laughs> and But it made me feel like these characters were actually connected. Mm-hmm. And the, the characters, they grow. You know, really, it's these characters go from kids to, to, to full-on adults. Yeah. You know, and, and again, this universe is so cool because, like you said, in these movies and these other books, you either see the perspective of a Sith yeah. or a Jedi, but to actually see the perspective of these civilians that live in, under the Empire, yeah. you know, and, and, and read textbooks that are based off of false history of Jedi's yes. turning against the Emperor, which, which is so interesting for me. You know? um, I don't want to spoil anything to go along with that textbook little uh, message there, but it's, it's really cool what yeah. they do in this book. Awesome stuff. Yeah, and it kind of gives you a little bit of explanation of why the Jedi, like, you know, when they talk, even when you get to A New Hope, there's mm-hmm. talk like, God, the Jedi are myths and all yeah. that. It's all to do with the propaganda, right? Yes. 
and what they've done to the textbooks and all this. Yeah, stuff and, that. and then and then some of the main characters that we do see, like a like a Luke Skywalker or a Princess Leia, their little show ups and their cameos. The way these characters react towards them is really yeah. something else too. Like who's this Luke Skywalker think he is? Yeah, or, you know stuff like that or Princess Leia, and it's really cool. Yeah, and even from that with the Luke Skywalker is because we've always been so focused on him being this you know, Jedi, this great warrior and all this. Yeah. But when you think about it, and you think about it from the perspective that it gives here, he's only been in a couple battles. Yeah. Right? Some of these guys have been with the Alliance for years. Yeah. And he shows up, and all of a sudden, he's this commander, and he's doing all this crazy stuff. It's the stuff. lucky shot. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. And they're like, ah, oh, this guy, you know, one lucky shot. Right. You know, all the, the cat's shit in the, rebe- in the rebellion here. And I do like that. Yeah. It's really cool. Some of the other cool things that were mentioned in here, just quickly as running down some of these. Mm-hmm. Rogue One's briefly mentioned it as a battle that the Rebels won. Yeah. And so I'm like up in my, like I'm on the bus listening to this. Oh my <laughs> God, they just mentioned it. So good. And one of the things that's really cool, because again, spoilers for Catalyst, it connects a little bit into Catalyst here because it does make mention. And this is the first time, at least canonically, that I can think of it. If you guys have heard it elsewhere or have a different opinion, I'd love to hear it. But I think this is one of the first mentions that there is an array of kyber crystals that powers the Death Star turbo laser. Yeah. Because uh, that's directly in here. I, like, I took notes as mm. I was going through. I do this with all the books just yeah. so that I have something to refer back to. Mm-hmm. But when I read that, I was like, okay. So it is confirmed that it's the kyber crystals. And getting into Catalyst. Yeah, that's again, a huge thing yeah, going on. Yeah. <sighs> Freaking Catalyst, just I'm loving it. Mind blowing, yeah. Um, there's cool appearances by Vader, like you said, Luke, mm-hmm. Leia, uh, Grandma Tarkin, yeah, all these characters, and you see them grow as well too. Definitely. And one to two million people died on the Death Star. Wow. That like there's two references to it in this book. One was one million, one was two million. So I really don't know mm-hmm. which one is accurate. But they also do mention like when Death Stars and Star Destroyers and all these other, you know, big ships and that go down, you're losing tens of the hundreds of thousands of people on a super star destroyer, which yeah. is crazy to think about, Huge. right? Yeah. And then coming back to The Force Awakens. So this book was Journey to the Force Awakens type books. This came mm-hmm. out before the movie, and this is something that we were supposed to read going into The Force Awakens yeah. because it does describe, and spoilers again yeah. here, how the star destroyer, the one that we do see in the background when Ray is kind of flying across. Yeah. The desert there, the one that's crashed into the desert, that was, you know, scuttled by one of the main characters. That's right. So pay attention to the cover of this book. Yes. Because there it is, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. And mm. even there's reference to an adat that falls over on its side right. in this book. And it's probably the one that Ray lives in. Yeah, that's so cool. And the way they uh, write action in this book is something else, too. It, it covers all grounds from the romance, the action, yeah. the strategy, the war. Everything is it's so Star Wars, but at the same time, out of Star Wars at this, uh, as well, right? Yeah. yeah. I think this is one of the best books I've read yeah. in the Star Wars universe right yeah, now. Yeah, it's great. I'm really loving what they're doing with Catalyst and Bloodlines and Ahsoka's really good. But mm-hmm. for me, this one, this is the one I was the most engaged with, mm-hmm. I believe. And I think it was the, the different perspective, as well as tying into all the events that we're really familiar with as well as expanding on some of those events even. Like, there's even a scene when one of the Thane, one of the main characters here, is on Hoth, and he's, you know, dealing with the Tauntauns and getting yeah. rid of them after when they, they learn that the Empire's on their way. Yes. It's yeah. really cool how they've tied in those events. And you always feel like when you're watching Empire or whatever, that these characters are just off screen. That's yeah. how they kind of make you feel. Is like something's happening when they're talking about 
uh, going after the second Death Star before the Battle of Endor, and Thane is there, but he's just off screen, right? right? Yeah. So it's, it's it's great stuff, and you got to give it up to uh, George Lucas, well Disney's brain trust, right, with yeah. these writers, because the obviously these guys are all connected: Claudia Gray and James Lucino, and is it Paul S. Kemp? All the all these all these writers are all connected because the stories intertwine so well, yeah. right? Just little little callbacks, which is. Something really cool because we're such big continuity people, right? Yeah. So that's always a good uh, a good lookout. Yeah, Pablo Dago and crew are doing fantastic over at, at Lucasfilm. Man. Yeah. Keeping these books pumping out. Mm-hmm. And yeah, get into this one. I would even say before Rogue One, if you do have the time, grab the audiobook. Same with Catalyst. Get into yeah. it. These books are must-haves. This is going to enhance the experience of these movies. I think beyond even what we're going to be able to actually explain over a podcast here i think just yeah just get into them get into them yeah for sure i mean i'm sure sometime down the road we'll do a whole big new canon book yes. um recommendation list for definitely, sure definitely yeah yeah we did that i think episode eight which i think was troy's first episode yeah on. yeah and we talked about the new star wars canon this is before bloodlines and catalyst and all yeah, these books and before Rogue one was yeah. i think even maybe announced officially but that's why we got thrawn coming up soon too right yeah we, we're expanding the saga again here too. Yeah. episode eight and there's been lots of little rumors coming out mm-hmm. particularly when it comes to ben kenobi's potential involvement in a saga film again yeah. so one of the things that we've been speculating on and discussing and i know you've been really pushing for troy here definitely is a obi-wan kenobi with ewan mcgregor solo film we yes. do see a lot of good stories coming out of the Star Wars comic book right now. Mm-hmm. And the fans are clamoring for Obi-Wan, for you and McGregor to yep. retake that role. And there's a quote from a source somewhere in Lucasfilm or somewhere on the internet <laughs> <laughs> that they're not quite finished with Obi-Wan in the saga films. And that's why they haven't gone down the path of a solo outing. And that really intrigued me because I'm thinking to myself, a solo outing is probably going to be between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. Yes. So how does that really have impact on, say, in Episode 8, Episode 9? Right. You know, we may get him as a Force ghost of some sort, mm-hmm. you know, advising Luke or maybe advising Rey to some degree. Yeah. Or do you think that maybe Rey is a descendant of Obi-Wan and that's how they're going to work him in? It's going yeah. to be more of a flashback type appearance mm. in explaining that because if you do make a solo outing you have to kind of work in this flashback and if you're not you know at least 100% sure what you're going to do in episodes 8 and 9 you may not want to step on your own toes here yeah so what do you think they could be doing here yeah it's it's tough to say I mean the easy answer is we most likely see him as a force ghost right yeah. because we haven't seen him we didn't, well, obviously, we didn't see him in the last movie, but we did hear him in the yes. last movie, right? We, uh, with with his voice and Ewan McGregor. Um, Alex Guinness. Yes, right? So we saw those those voices, or we heard those voices in that uh, that film. But um, I don't think he's connected to Rey. I don't I don't know how that's going to work, because the age difference, right? And, yeah. and Obi-Wan, he didn't, uh, he didn't run around with anybody. No. I'm no, not. if you watch the Clone Wars, he had his chance, and yeah, yeah that was that. So... Um, I don't. I don't know how it's going to work, but I'm excited to see more more Obi Wan. Yeah. If he's a Force ghost, that'd be awesome because I'd love to see him train more with Luke. If we get to see him on that island with Luke and oh, doing great. all sorts of things, yeah. Because there's lots of rumors that he is either Ray's grandfather yep. or Ray's father, something like that. And I agree with you, though. Mm. I don't think the time really lines up here. He's a very devout Jedi. I didn't. You don't really ever get the hints, and I haven't watched Clone Wars, but mm. you don't really get any hints that he's kind of been out there, you know, planting a seed across the galaxy. That's right. Like that. Yeah, he does become this hermit man, and mm-hmm. we do see some of the events and what he's been doing on Tatooine in the comic books. Yes, but at the same time, you never get this feeling like he at least has a kid. 
and then that kid has a kid like right. it just doesn't really fit for me no but one of the theories that i really like and i've been mm-hmm. thinking a lot about lately is ray as a palpatine okay ray as a palpatine yeah okay Let's think about this, okay? Because like, we're you know we read the books and all mm-hmm. that, and they give us some clues as at least as far as timelines, right? So, bloodlines yes. happens six years before the Force Awakens, mm-hmm. right? And we know in that story that Ben Solo is with Luke training. Yes. So that gives us at least a point in time when we know that Ben has not turned yet, has not taken the Knights around and, and decimated the Jedi school, right? So, how old do you think Rey is when she's dropped off on Jakku? Maybe six, seven? Yeah. Yeah. So that, I put her at most 10. Yeah. I don't think she's that, but I agree with yeah. you kind of in that time. Mm-hmm. So if she was Luke's daughter or someone of importance or a, a Jedi or anything, she would be training with them at that, you know, six years prior because she's what, nine, I'd say 1920 in Force Awakens? I think so. Yeah. I think she's 19. Yeah. yeah. So she would have had to been dropped off at least 10 years prior yeah. to the Force Awakens, which puts it in a time frame when... There's still a Jedi school and Luke and Ben Solo hasn't turned on the Jedi Order or Mm -hmm. what's becoming the Jedi Order. So why would she have been dropped off? And then when you link up the fact that Han, when you look at him, he's always feeling guilty. Yeah. And there's something there. I feel like he's the one that abandoned her. And the fact that he was right there to pick her up, Mm -hmm. were they watching her? Mm. See, it's interesting you said with Han Solo because I always got the impression after reading Bloodlines why Han Solo looks at Rey the way he does is because he sees, I forgot her name in Bloodlines, starts with a G. She's, oh, the, oh, yeah, the pilot. Yeah, because yeah. he kind of trained her, right? Yeah. So I always got the sense because he, he picked up these. Greer. Greer. Yeah. He always picked up some of these uh, these pilots and put them take, took them under his wing. Yeah. So I always kind of got that impression that he looked at Rey like Greer. That, that's just kind of my idea interesting. there. Yeah. But okay, so keep going then. Keep going with this theory. This, I'm just looking at it from a timeline perspective. And, and the reason she would be abandoned before the Jedi Order fell. And the only thing I can think of was that they're hiding it for some reason. So you look at the original trilogy. You look at the prequels. It's a Palpatine versus Skywalker. Yes. And wouldn't it be cool if you know the follow-on saga, the 7, 8, 9, is a Palpatine versus Skywalker. but Or I guess the Skywalker lineage. Yeah. But reversed. Okay. So where Rey is the savior, the one that brings balance to the dark side or to the force. And Kylo is the bad guy, the Skywalker, right? Yeah. That's that's pretty cool. Because I, I, it's always been a Skywalker story, but this would still work. Yes. It's, it's, and ben is a skywalker Skywalker, yeah. Right? He's mm-hmm. of that lineage. Um, yeah. Even though he's, he has the solo last yeah. name. And, and Luke's still there. Exactly. Yeah. And with... Ray being a bad, like, why would she be abandoned other than they're trying to hide her the same way that they tried to hide Luke, the same way they tried to hide Leia? Maybe when she was eight, nine, that's when Snook rose to power or something to that effect. Right. I don't know. And maybe we'll get some inclinations of that in the Aftermath books. But the fact we don't know much about Snook and was he chasing her and the way that Kylo always says, what girl, what girl, you know, he's always very interested in the girl. Yeah. But... It's I, I don't know what's going. I feel like there's something there where she was abandoned because they were worried about her being influenced by the dark side, mm-hmm. by a Snook, by something like that. Right? That's interesting because I think again going back to Bloodlines, I think Leia mentioned something about how Snook, Snook always wanted Ben. Yeah. Ben even yeah. So it's, that was in Force Awakens, I think. It was Force Awakens. Yeah, she okay. Twisted his mind. Yeah. That. Sorry. Yeah. 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 So and another interesting thing that J.J. Abrams he had said not too long ago and debunked here was that Leia and Ray had never met before. Right. 
So that you know takes her away from being a Skywalker, as far mm-hmm. as I'm concerned. Takes her away from being a Solo. Yes. So I was stuck on the idea that she was Ray Skywalker. I thought this is an easy play. Right. This makes sense. It's a Skywalker story. Yes. But I really kind of like this theory now mm-hmm. that she is a Palpatine and wow. they've hidden her. If you take in, and look at some of the elements of Rey, you can start to parallel them, but in reverse mm-hmm. for the Skywalker story. Right. I, I think it'd be an interesting take. You know, you're kind of replicating a bit of the original trilogy, but at the same time, I think it would be an, an interesting way to yeah. go. But could she be a clone of Palpatine? Because we do know with old canon that he was obsessed with cloning. Yeah. Well, that's true, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Like coming out of that, that's that's another thing that it could be. Is yeah. that, you know we've had clones, the Clone Wars, and all this type yeah. thing. That technology's there. Could she be something like that? Yeah. And I think Palpatine is also easier to you know kind of retcon the fact that he had a kid and that that kid had a kid. Either he's a yeah. grandfather, or he's a father, or whatever. I think that's easier to do than with Luke or with um, Ben Kenobi or, or Solo or something like that's that. Right. So I think that's easier to do to say, oh yeah, Palpatine was out doing his thing all the mm-hmm. time, and you know he d- didn't have that commitment to the Jedi Order or anything like that. So yeah. I think that's a bit easier to explain. So that's my prediction right now that she is, uh, you know, Ray Palpatine. And that's interesting too because didn't Palpatine have some kind of connection to Jakku? Wasn't there a base under Jakku? There's there's some there's some kind of science lab or something or another. I can't remember which book it was. I don't know. Yeah, there's some kind of book. It might be in the aftermath. Yeah, it might yeah. be in the aftermath books, but they do talk about something with some kind of base being set up in, in Jakku that Palpatine was interested in. So yeah. I do know Palpatine and Jakku have a connection. Maybe because I haven't read that far in Aftermath, but yeah. they have, they're going to explain in Empire's End, which is the third book in Aftermath, yeah. the significance of Jakku. So we've got yeah. some hints of the battle, and we do in Lost Stars get that idea of that this kind of the last stand of the Empire is there about a year after Endor. Right. But we don't know why it's there. Yeah. It is important though, Jack. Yes, there's it is. something big going on there. Yeah, and definitely. Ray happens to be found on this planet. Yeah, I don't think it's coincidence that you have the last stand of the Empire on Jakku and then the Millennium. Like there's a lot of you know intersecting it's like Tatooine, right? Yes. It's like a lot of things intersecting at a single point and there's a reason for that. Because mm-hmm, the force works in mysterious ways. It does. It certainly <laughs> does. All right, let's jump into a little bit more Rogue One talk. Yes, we've, bring it back. We've gotten our tickets here. I'm an idiot because <laughs> I, I did this for Force Friday too. In my mind, it said 12.01 a.m. on Monday. I, I read that as, you know, midnight on Monday. But it turned out it was 10 p.m. Mountain Time oh, on Sunday. Yes. <laughs> so okay, I'm part of a group in Calgary here that kind of keeps track of that sort of thing. And messages were popping up. I'm like, what the hell's going on? Oh, shit. The tickets are on sale. <laughs> So I managed to get us 14 tickets awesome. for, for the whole crew that's coming. Those are the people that had fully committed. Yeah. And theaters had filled up across the city. It's pretty crazy. So we Huge. had, you know, kind of that Thursday, the 15th showing. So we've got our tickets. Oh, man. Can't wait. Can't yes. wait. This is huge. And so, like I said at the top of the episode, what we're going to do here is we're going to take a, a look at the final trailer for Rogue One. This is my first and only viewing of it. And we're going to do a little reaction. So we'll be back with you guys in just a minute. Sweet. Okay, <laughs> we are back. Whoa. <laughs> I've, I've got goosebumps. Oh yeah, chills. The music, unreal. Incredible. This trailer is something else. The first thing I'll say about mm-hmm. it here is I'm really happy with the content in it. I do not feel after watching it just the one time, not mm-hmm. overanalyzing here, yeah. but I do not feel like I've the bulk of maybe some of the important or the big story points have been given away. I know yeah. the, the concept of the movie here, yeah. right? Find the Death Star plans yeah. and eventually That's get destroyed. That's the force crawl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I don't feel like much has been given away here. There's mm-hmm. some cool scenes in there, but yeah. having only watched just the one time, mm-hmm. I feel like that not a lot has been spoiled for me. Here. Yeah. Just my initial reactions here. Like, this looks incredible. Right. Like, 
the one they're kind of leaning a bit more on K2SO for this comedic kind of you know breaking some of the tension. Yeah, I like that. It's perfect, right? Yeah. Yep. And looking at these characters, you know, Jin looks fantastic. These these rebels too, Donnie Yen and Donnie Yen's going to be my guy in this one. All these He's great. Like you just get this feeling. And okay, I got to ask you a question here. Mm-hmm. So. We do see the the you know this what appears to be the beach fight or whatever, yes. um, and we do see the the, the shot at the ATACT, mm-hmm. and then the X wings kind of roll in, yeah. and then we do see some sort of X wing battle going on in space. Do you think that's Corona Squadron from Lost Stars? So I don't know because I'm curious. Are they going to tie that in? So oh, Corona Squadron man. was the X wing squadron that Thane Kyrell, one of the main characters from Lost Stars, fought yes. in. And when I saw kind of the yellowy helmet, I'm thinking, ah, eh, I'm thinking it's yellow Corona beer. But, right. <laughs> you know, could this be a tie to that? That would make a lot of sense. This could be exactly what we were just talking about before. Could we get these characters kind of just pop up in a nice little cameo yeah. in one of these films? Oh, that'd yeah, be, that'd be huge. Awesome. It'd actually make a lot of sense. Yeah, right? tie in nicely. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's not like you're really... And it wasn't really mentioned in The Lost Stars. But, no, actually, it doesn't line up because... Thane doesn't join until after... doesn't line up. It might be Corona Squadron, but it's not. Thane won't be in it. Because he doesn't join the Rebellion in Lost Stars until just before oh, Hoth. Yeah, that's right. That's his first big mission. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah but it'd be interesting if they do at least say Corona Squadron. Because it yeah. looks like it's an established X-Wing crew. That'd be a nice in. nod. But yeah. you're right. Yeah, because he, he would be close to Hoth there. Yeah. yeah. But the appearance of Vader, I really like that. No talking lines yet that I've no, seen at least. No, no, this trailer is a little different from the second trailer. It's a little yeah. less Vader okay. in this one. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Mm-hmm. Krennic is looking so good, right? Especially coming off of Catalyst now, you just probably have such a better understanding and feel for this character. Well, I have the voice of Krennic in yes. my head from listening to the Catalyst book, mm-hmm. and now I feel like I'm so connected to this character, even though I've barely seen any footage of him. Yeah, like I feel like I got. Who this character is already in my head, mm-hmm. and you know James Osuna is doing such a fantastic job with Krennic's voice. And here, I feel like you know he's taken Ben Middleton's his characteristics, and I know you've said yeah. this numerous times, yeah. and just projected it into this book. Really has, yeah. yeah. Just let all that on those pages. Yeah, those yeah. those U wings are looking good. Oh yeah, it's awesome stuff. Right? And the music again, you know, it just enhances everything. Did you think they gave away a little too much with that AT AT getting taken out there? Um. Not really. Not really. For the first time, first time watch, I guess. No, I yeah. think it's you kind of get a feel for what's happening, and I like that this shows the strength of the ATACT and mm-hmm. and all this, and maybe it, it breaks a bit of what could be more tension in the movie theater mm-hmm. with the X Wings. If it's kind of like the start or when the Resistance first fight the First Order on Takodana when they're at Maze Katana's castle. Oh, yeah. And the Resistance are coming across the water. Yeah. So that's our, like, and that, to me, is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. And that if the X-Wings weren't already present in that battle, yeah. that may have spoiled that a bit, that they're actually going to get saved. Right. Uh, but at the same time, you know, yeah. it's... it's. <laughs> it, I feel like this would be a part where, like, the crowd would actually cheer in yeah. the movie theater when, when you see something like that, right? With the X-Wings. And because yeah. we have the U-Wings in there, maybe the X-Wings come in a little later, but you do see them fighting in space and all mm-hmm. that. So it's going to be really... Oh, man. It's going to be a ride, I'm man. I'm so stoked for this. Yes. It's, this, this trailer is, you know, I'm already into this 100%, but this trailer just reaffirms to me what this movie is going to be and it's something different in the stars universe yeah like lost stars was something different for the book reading for the novel reading this is going to be different for the Star Wars universe this is going to give a completely different tone 
to these movies. And I think it's going to propel these anthology movies into something that's going to be put more on a pedestal, even more so than maybe some of the saga films, is that we're comfortable with the saga films, but going away from what we're comfortable with, yeah. I think is going to really work in favor of the Star Wars universe here. Yeah. Just looking at what we're seeing here. Because this is a very different tone. Yeah, and it'll make you appreciate the saga stories even more so, yeah. right? With stuff like this. And so. it, Yeah, it's like the books. It's yeah. those in-between stories that make you appreciate. Like, reading, even with Catalyst, the stuff that's going on during the Clone Wars, it makes me feel that much more appreciation for what happened during the Clone Wars. And the same thing yeah. with some of the other books that we've read too, right? Yeah, that's right. You know, it makes you want to go back to even watch Attack of the Clones yeah. in Episode 3 and, and whatnot. And you know, with trailers like this, it totally kind of like puts a quiet on the whole um, reshoots. Oh, yeah. Whenever there's a scare going on there, nobody's talking about that anymore. Yeah. It's, it's gone quiet now. Yeah, well, yeah. if you go back a whole bunch of episodes, you'll hear Troy and I, we've never faltered on the fact right? that this is going to be an awesome movie. And yes. seeing this trailer now, having the tickets in hand, by the time this episode's dropped, we'll be within the month yes. of Star Wars Rogue One, or Rogue One A Star Wars Story, whatever it's called. Yeah. Um, I should probably know that. But <laughs> um, quickly before we take off here, what are your thoughts on possibly being, or it's been confirmed, mm-hmm. no opening crawl with this movie? I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like it. You know, I like my Star Wars with the opening crawl. Everything we've gone from Star Wars, from the comics, from Attack of the Clones, or not Attack of the Clones, the Clone Wars, uh, both cartoons, all that. We've always had opening crawl. I kind of yeah. feel like it's a disservice not to have that. It, it, I, I mean, we already know that it's... Um, it's an anthology film, yeah. so I don't think you need to do anything else to differentiate it from the original trilogy and prequel trilogy, right? So Fully agree. Yeah. I'm going to miss that if it's not there. I, yeah. While I was sick last night, I did watch The Force Awakens, nice. and I still get that swelling of emotion when the music hits, that John Williams score, yes. Star Wars, and then you get the opening crawl. That That is as much iconic as the score itself mm-hmm. it's the opening crawl and it also helps bridge some of that gap for the average movie goer right it kind of mm-hmm. helps people understand what's going on you get kind of this preamble to what exactly has happened because even you think of force awakens they don't have that opening crawl you have no idea really where luke skywalker is at least to start right exactly do you think they did this to kind of distance themselves from the prequels maybe more or did they do this just so they can kind of have their hands free a little bit more so so we can get other books and whatnot to to lead up to this I guess we have Catalyst though right yeah, so, so I, I really don't, I don't know. know Kathleen Kennedy did state that being an anthology movie they wanted to do something different so mm-hmm. they might try to start a new tradition yeah. with the anthology film some other way to open the film I really do hope that they do open even with just a logo or whatever and they still pan down from the stars onto the ship to. I mean Rebels does it yes <laughs> right? it does yeah. and, and you know Force Awakens like all these movies do that and that's part of the Star Wars experience is yeah. that opening crawl. Now, I'm going to miss it if it's not there. I'm sure, sure it's not going to be the end of the world. But at the same time, I really just hope they still have that score at the start. They, they have to. But maybe we'll get after credits. Maybe they'll take a note from uh, Marvel there. That would be interesting be to do something with the anthology yeah, after credits. Right? Wow. Yeah, that could be that could be something else. Just blew yeah. my mind, man. <laughs> awesome. So that about wraps it up here for our kind of Star Wars discussion, celebrating our 50th episode here of the Nerd Room. Yeah. And We thank you, the listeners, for tuning in every single week to hear us talk about all sorts of nerd stuff from Star Wars, Marvel, DC, the TV universes, all of that. We really appreciate you guys coming back every single week and listening to us here. And we really enjoy putting these episodes together, doing the research and talking about this. And we appreciate seeing you guys coming back each and every week to listen to these episodes. Yeah, great stuff, guys. Please keep it up and uh, always hit us up in the chat boards and let us know what you guys would like to hear come out from the Nerd Room. Yes, exactly. If you want to have a little input into the show, if you want to comments, theories, whatever, give us your theories on 
who Ray's parents are. Please. Whatever. Yeah. Always hit us up at hashtag enter the nerd room. Our Twitter handles are at the end of the episode. You can always grab us at thenerdrm at gmail.com. You can hit us up on our Facebook page or also our YouTube page. Just search the Nerd Room Podcast on YouTube. Yes, and if you couldn't get enough Star Wars today, guys, please check us out on Monday with SW Rebels Alert. We'll be covering some more episodes of Star Wars Rebels Season 3. I completely forgot about that this weekend. I love that we get a new Star Wars episode every single week. Oh, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, good stuff. Great stuff. Well, again, listeners, thank you very much for making 50 episodes of The Nerd Room possible. We'll be coming back at you next week with something. Yeah. And then the week after, it's going to be our Catalyst review and our whole build-up to Rogue One. Yes, the road to Rogue One. Yes. (laughs) Cannot wait for that and cannot wait for what we're going to see coming forward here. And like I said... Episode 52, we're going to have a few other announcements of what we're going to be doing in 2017 and going forward. Yes, sir. Awesome. You know what, Troy? Yeah, man. It's been an absolute pleasure. I'm very animated over here. Yeah, yeah. This trailer effect, right? (laughs) Good stuff. It's been a pleasure talking Star Wars with you, man. Always. Look forward to coming back next week and talking more nerd. Of course. All right, guys. Until next week, for The Nerd Room, I'm Tim. I'm Troy. And thank you for entering The Nerd Room. Don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us on iTunes. You can find our hosts, Tim, Sunday, and Troy, on Twitter at TheNerdRM, 1912 Podcasting, and Troy, the Boy 87 